previously on Creek Chat. No, 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 no. I'm not in love. I'm not in love with this guy. Blah, 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 blah. So yeah, well, they're bonding over thinking about how big his dick is. They're just talking about throbbing muscles. It's so thin. Or petite. Oh no, mine's a little bit longer than that. You gotta juice those numbers. Misleading. Misleading. Hey, I never said I'd be your boyfriend. That would be incestuous. Oh, he might. Sounds like he's just looking for love. Hey, at least it's not cutting open my heart and taking that out for a walk. Where the fuck is Grams? That's a really good question. When the fuck are you gonna get back in here, Grams? Huh? Someone's gotta praise hell. Fucking praise Jesus. <laughs> You got it going on, Grams. Are we going to get a gay character? A little twink here and a little twink there. We know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing my dance. You don't have to wait. Because every Monday we are back with a new episode. Welcome to 50 Randy Quades Presents Creek Chat. I'm your host, JT, Bible Bangin' Dorcas McForkus Money. And with us, a special guest this week. My name is Chucky B. And that stands for, I don't know, stands for Chucky B. Baloney. Maybe. No, Bibles. Bibles. That makes sense. Bible study. Bible group, Bible party. Oh, a party. How many fucking times was Ty going to call a Bible study a party before it was like, are you are you telling a joke and you're waiting for us to get it? Because it's not funny and it's not a party. Yeah, Jen looked real out of place. Like She's like, I'm surprised I'm not burning on fire right now. Well, in case you were unaware, this is Creek Chat where we're talking about Dawson's Creek. Season 2, episodes 13 through 15, I, JT Money, have seen it. Chucky B, our very special guest, has not. This is his first time through. Uh, Episode 13. Yeah. His leading lady. So last week you had a few predictions about what was going to happen in his leading lady. I'm sure they were awful. Well, it was obviously about Dawson's movie, which... Was obviously correct. Hey, there we go. I'm 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 right on that bar. one. You're right. Coming out the gates, you got the most obvious thing. Um, who is going to be the leading lady? Surprise, surprise! I think the fucking producer is also going to be the Joey character. And I think I might have even gotten your tone right when I was reciting that quote. I think you did. But hey, Jen did stand in for Abby when Abby was late once again. During uh, episode 13, His Leading Lady. Well, so you say that Jen gets cast as the Joey character, which is incorrect. We get a new character, Devin, which is where we get a psych connection with Rachel Lee Cook coming into the mix. I knew that was her name. I knew it because when I saw her on the screen, I was like, oh, I really like her. And I know she's been in other stuff I like. And at first I was thinking the OC. I don't. I don't and think she does. I just got two of my favorite shows mixed yeah, up. Yeah, no, definitely Psych. I think right around this time or right after, which is a key to a lot of the people that guest on this show, is they hit something bigger 
so that's why they never show up again is um she's all that the take off her glasses and she goes from being oh, a nerd yeah. to being a prom queen sort of thing that's when she hit hard love that movie so she's got a little arc here on the show um abby is the gen character which we don't see abby at all this entire three pack yeah she disappears because we get the return of graham this episode she does she comes back she's the one okay so grams brings ty back walks into the kitchen he's got some groceries clearly helping her out i'm guessing she knows him from church uh, that seems obvious enough, oh, yeah. right? But she just brings him back into the kitchen of the house, coming out of nowhere, nonchalantly, like, hey, no, Grams, it's not like we haven't seen you for six episodes, and now you're just here with a teenage boy trying to set your granddaughter up with him? Where you come? Where's Cliff? Where's Todd? Where your, where's your teenage menagerie? And now you got Ty in the... Ooh, Grams. Dude, she just be hopping around. She does what she wants six days a week as long as she confesses it all to God on Sunday. Like no, Ty. That's, no, that's Ty. Uh... And you guess that Chris is cast as the Dawson character, a.k.a. Wade. Yeah, I got that right. Dawson, 100% right. Dawson named himself Wade. I don't care how close it is to Dawson, if that's the intention. You don't choose to call yourself Wade. <laughs> Listen to that name. Look at Wade. Yeah, I'm, sorry. Uh... I'm sorry to any listeners named Wade out there, but I'm, I can't. I won't do it. I won't call you Wade. Wade Wilson. I don't know who that is. Deadpool. Oh, okay. Well, that's Deadpool. I can't really do anything about that. Joey and Jack are still kind of doing weird shit, uh, <laughs> which I guess yeah. is not necessarily in this episode. Well, and I, let's clarify. Uh, sexuality and trying to find who you are is not weird shit. No. But <laughs> no. their relationship definitely <laughs> involves a lot of twists and turns over this um very questionable three pack well let's hear about what actually happens in his leading lady here the filming of dawson's new movie creek times and honestly i feel much better about the name creek chat when i find out that his movie's called creek times like that's cool (laughs) yeah creek chat's a much better title Well, I'm not going to go that far, but I'm going to say they're on par with each other. Creek Times brings back memories for the filmmaker and for Joey. Brings back memories. It just happened, and it's exactly what happened. (laughs) Well, not exactly. He didn't have sex with Jen. As far as Joey and Dawson and the emotional dynamic, I'm sorry, Wade and Sammy, as far as the emotional dynamic is concerned, it's exactly the same. Who grows to dislike the actress playing her. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate, because Joey doesn't like pretty much anybody. But especially someone who's No, Joey just... is... Uh, okay, so this season and last season, it's not that Joey has fundamentally completely changed, but they tried to make her more like Dawson's old character, and they made Dawson way less Dawson-y this season again i feel like it came down to that's the guy in the title of our show and if we make him completely unlikable it's just gonna turn people off if we would have called this joey's creek we could have kept that dynamic going but let's flip it over now she's got to be the completely confused and lost and oftentimes irrationally angry person 
Well, yeah, and they and like Dawson brings light to it and just calls her feisty. That's yeah, that's a word. <laughs> Andy's emotions are running high, and she attempts to break up with Pacey, who refuses to let her dump him. Uh, yeah, that storyline got weird, hard, and fast. Well, they, I don't know. There's a lot of opinions I have on both of the major storylines in this three-pack because this three-pack was definitely emotionally charged, but maybe uh, storyline materialize the worst three-pack we've encountered throughout watching Creek Chat. I'm going to need you to clarify that in a little bit here. Dawson begins to bond with Jack. Which happens here, for sure. So, my clarification would be, like I've said in past episodes, I feel like they are not portraying mental health in the way that it should be. Like, it shouldn't be shameful. It shouldn't be uh, like that. And... Now, I would just say for context, you've got to keep in mind time frame and the fact that they're even bringing up these kind of issues and directly addressing Xanax use as prescribed by a doctor and shit like that is still pretty crazy in itself. That wasn't really something that was being talked about even because I don't. I think you're right in the sense that their tone is off because they haven't quite gotten it right yet. But I don't think what they're doing, even up to this point, is making it shameful. I think the overlying message is Andy is feeling shame for it. Pacey isn't necessarily handling it correctly, but the message is still, if you need help, ask for help. And if someone you know needs help, give them help. You need to be there for them. And that still rings true to this day. They still just... I just think it was a matter of they hadn't figured out how to tell the message just right yet but the just feel like like you're saying the the overall message might be in there somewhere deep and you have to kind of pull it out but they just don't know how to get it across in a good way i mean we like you're saying we do have to take into consideration this 20 years later um also i and i understand this 20 years ago and people change and mature and their views and opinions change over time. So, and and you have taken into consideration also, these are children, like, you know, they're high school kids, um, teenagers trying to go through these changes and everything like that. And as an adult male, I don't, I don't think it matters what someone's sexuality is like but and so like it's just like they attack it in such a way but like they do kind of rebound on themselves later in the three pack in the last episode and Uh, they kind of make it better but then like they like like or not joey but andy she's even like she's like oh dude like i felt resentment Hold on, we got to pump the brakes here because you're talking about stuff we haven't even brought up yet, which pertains oh, yeah. to which pertains to. Well, there's no context for anyone who's listening. It regards to the next two episodes here, episodes 14 and 15, to be or not to be. 
That is the question. Um, and we've kind of talked about it a little here. We, we find out that Jack is gay, right? Now, for context outside of finding that out, Kevin Williamson, who we brought up before, the show creator um, and a producer through the end of this season. Season two is the last season on the show. Um, but he's gay in real life. And he wrote Jack to be gay from the beginning of season two. That was always the plan. But he's the only one. Him and I, probably some execs, knew that that was going to be the plan. He'd originally okay. conceived. He'd originally conceived of Dawson being gay, but was like, I don't know if that'll work for what we've done so far in the show. Let's bring in a new character that we can have swerve. And that's what they. Yeah, I don't think there. it would have made any sense for Dawson to be gay because it's so clear as day that he is in love with Joey. Right. And so what what spurs us finding out that he's gay is that Mr. Peterson comes back, the shithead English teacher from a few episodes ago. He's back in the mix. And we'll get into how back into the mix he is later. Oh, yeah. But he makes everyone write this poem and Jack has to read it out loud um, to the class. That is a real poem that um, I think it's Greg Berlanti. Berlanti. He's a producer on this show, too. Or maybe it was Dana Barada. So, someone who works on the show in a large capacity. That was an actual poem they wrote and I think had to read in high school. Like, that was a wow. real-life experience. So it's not, and that's what I liked and didn't know prior to doing this show, is that the people who were handling the story of a teenage kid coming out was written by people who had that experience, were familiar with it. It wasn't just a bunch of straight dudes and women sitting and trying to, this is what might have happened. That makes me feel a lot better about it because, like, my only problem, I guess, with it still coming from, like, the viewer, you know, not seeing this for the first time is, and, like, I'm sure this is um, probably their intention, is that it just kind of came out of nowhere. But, like, I don't, if you think back on Jack, and this is not to imply that because he's super into art or whatever, like, that that's a trait of a gay person. It's not. That's not what I'm trying to imply. But if you look back and think about his actions and his manners, and like you said earlier when I kind of brought this up when we were talking, the fact that he couldn't get an erection. No, yeah, the only time he could get hard was when he was talking about his sexual experience, which at this point now makes sense that it was most likely with a man. No, and... it was definitely not with a man because oh, he it wasn't. said no. no. I mean, it was with I a woman? I, know, I don't remember I know that. that well, I know that. Honest. Well, he had said that he had been... I, they don't tell you directly here. And I'm sorry if that's a slight spoiler, but it wasn't with a dude. I'll just say that. But they even say here that that was something he'd been repressing so long in himself. That poem brought it back out. There's no way before that moment he had a sexual experience with a guy. Because he was still busy denying himself. Uh, yeah. Like he says that to makes his sense. dad... Like he says to his dad, who sh- we meet another shitty father in this set of episodes. Just plenty of shitty fathers on this show. They got, they're going around. Tell me if this is something that I feel like it's either, I don't know. I feel like that it's coming out, like it's way out of left field. But like, I kind of felt like they almost were making it seem like he had been molested or something. Jack? I'm going to be real with you. I don't know if that is something that comes up. I, I don't think it is. But again, even if it was, I'm not going to try to spoil that. So, but I don't, I didn't get that feeling. I know. 
Well, cause like the 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 exchanges between Jack and his father were real weird, and well, I mean, it was real weird just having their father there, who just one did not seem interested at all in being there. Like he's oh, like, no. I'm only here because uh, apparently you might be gay, and that's not good for this family right now. We just lost a son, and your mom's crazy, and. Well, he you brings know, up Andy's like, just keep on like, hey, I'm on the honor roll. Hey, I'm doing great in school. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. You always do great in school. Like, well, he like, like he brings doesn't up, even pay attention to his daughter. He brings up or implies multiple times that they're wasting his time, basically, and that he doesn't he doesn't have the time to be there right now. There's shit going on in Providence he needs to be dealing with, which I'd imagine isn't true. But he just doesn't want to be around his family so yeah he shows up and this shit's an inconvenience to him because jack has made a spectacle out of the family again i feel like their relationship is similar and maybe even almost worse to the mr witter dougie and pacey thing where mr oh shit what's their last and mcphee had he was him. insane He's all like, you can't hide in Tim's shadow anymore. Tim's gone. Like, and, and that's now what I'm you you are the man of the family, mm-hmm. and if you don't act like a stereotypical man, then you're like basically no son of mine. Without saying it, he exactly in so many words he said heavily implied. It, no, in so many words he said you're not gay. You better not be gay, so you're not gay. Yeah, like, if if you're gay, gay, you won't be my son anymore for some... And, like, because I even wrote down, I was like... when Yeah, that's in the third episode when Mr. McPhee is introduced at the school. And I wrote, this is kind of weird, right? And then I wrote, his response to whether or not if Jack is gay is laughable because of just how ridiculous he was reacting to it okay they just played the heavy-handed like they did with the school's reaction to it as well the heavy-handed negative i don't accept this that you know and that's the right way to play it for a teen drama is here are a bunch of people who think this is a terrible thing and you're ruining shit they're the bad guy so then the good guys can show that they're there for that person andy who, like, you brought up when before I said, oh, shit, we haven't brought this up yet, about how she kind of resented it if he were to come out. Like, but by the end, she's like, no, fuck you, Dad. You get out of here. Yeah, she's like, we have to be here for him. And, like, Graham says it great, too, where she's like, she's like, no, like, uh, no one other than, you know, God can judge you for anything. Like, people have to be... Uh, show love and patience and understanding and just being so, there for someone so for, Ty, regardless pretty much of the situation all right before we get too deep into that because that is the scene i want to talk about a little bit more let's get through the prediction section here because there wasn't much <laughs> we just be dropping bombs all over this show no i don't have a problem with that but that's when i kind of want to delve into a little bit deeper so i don't want to do that right here right now it somewhere towards the top half of the show um but you but your predictions here are pretty bad anyway so it doesn't matter well your first one's cool but way off base you're like i don't know maybe there's a play going on at the school and the major characters are popping in and out of the play and that shakespearean shit is happening to them and i was like all right that's pretty cool like if that's actually what happened a two-part episode where they play out like some shakespearean tragedy and comedy with these characters 
That'd be interesting. Not what they did, though. Um, but you said it would be fucking lame because part two will... Or part one will end with a to be continued. Which it didn't. Like, I didn't see one, at least. It did not. So... I was, I was heavily surprised by that, um, considering the names of these episodes. And then you were... Well, I think that's maybe why they didn't do it, because it was implied in the episode title. Maybe? I don't know. But you didn't guess much about the third episode. You're like, they're just going to recap the last episode. Well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. But here's what actually happened in part 14, to be or not to be. The Capeside High School gossip mill kicks into overdrive after Jack bears his soul in an English assignment and is forced to expose his innermost secrets while reading his poem aloud in class. The poem alludes to feelings that Jack may have towards another boy. Dawson, Joey, and Andy are shaken by the implications of what it all means. Meanwhile, Pacey tries to defend Jack in the face of an adversary... Literally in the face of an adversarial teacher. He spit right in that old dude's fucking face. That was disgusting. And awesome. Oh, uh, when he did that, I was cheering. Because, like, I was yelling at the TV at this teacher. And, like, when he... I was like, yeah! Pacey spits right in the teacher's face. And then I wrote, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> Best reason to watch this episode. Pacey, man, he's always doing something to he's getting bodily fluids on teachers one way or another oh you know it and jen finds her latest suitor tyson ty hicks is full of surprises ty the jesus guy and then we'll get into the episode 15 that is the question breakdown here on dawson's advice joey attempts to heal the wounds of her new romance with jack which are left exposed by the poem and the resulting innuendo which, again, good on Dawson, man. He's legit like, go fix your relationship, man. Like, that's the what you need to do. That's a good idea. Yeah, Dawson is, like, legitimately being a best friend in this episode where he's like, he's like, hey, because, like, he explains it to Pacey later, too. He's like, dude, the only way you can get someone to come back is if, like, you truly just let go and try to at least appear to move on. So, like, maybe they'll just come back to you. When Jack confronts his innermost secrets, their lives and everyone's close to them will never be the same again. Elsewhere, Pacey takes on Mr. Peterson and challenges his abusive teaching methods. His insistence on making things right in the school alienates Andy, and the two of them must work hard to put their relationship back together. Which they do, man. They go through a spat in this series of episodes. Yeah, but true to form, they're sticking it out and working together they're like hey you like pacey's like you were there for me like i'm doing great in school like they in one of the episodes in this three pack um like the guidance counselor or something who had never like really talked nice with pacey before was kind of like hey man like we got the midterms or whatever and, and like you got like a couple A's and a and like I think three, three B's, B's, dude. Like three B's and two A's, and they also give that counselor a name, Mister Milo, which he didn't have before. So it kind of signals like this guy's gonna be around for a couple of episodes now. Yeah, and he was because like the whole incident that happens with Pacey and his teacher, the 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 big dick teacher, big Dickens on the back wall. Uh, where it literally says Big Dickens, but like 
Is that just so they can get the big dick in there? Oh, that's exactly so they can get the big dick in there, Chucky. And, well, it's like, they're like, hey, it's subliminal. They're like, hey, this guy is a big dick. Because, yeah, this teacher is kind of like a piece of shit. No, there's no kind of like a piece of shit about it. He is clearly, and even before Pacey goes and looks up the actual like laws against him giving subjective grades. Yeah, because he's, he's very... all like, yeah, we're going to get, I'm going to start doing subjective grades. If I think your poem sucks, you get an F. He's like, doesn't matter that you did it structurally right and it's on time and it's legible and everything like that. Like I fucking, like he turned it in on time and it's like, what is this? I, you know, like, this is bullshit. You need to bring it in next time for less points. Or even if you get 100% on it, the best you can get is a D right now. So it's in the last episode when Pacey finally does the research and finds out, like, that Mr. Peterson can't teach this way and shit like that. That he goes up to the principal before school, who has been pretty much indifferent to the whole thing. And, like, after Mr. Peterson clearly abuses his students mentally, just like Mr. Witter has been abusing his son. Uh, yeah, so, goddamn yeah. right. Mental yeah. abuse is real. And no, it is. It is. I am... Oh, absolute disclaimer. Not trying to make light of mental abuse here. Uh, not at all. But... You, you pulling a Dawson's Creek on us right now? Fuck, I am. Apparently I am. Um, but he goes up to the principal and he's like, hey, like this shit is wrong in that he's violating all these guidelines. And she's like, well, what's your point here? And I'm like, what do you mean? What is his point here? His point is one of your teachers is breaking the law and you, you're settling on Pacey needs to apologize to him? Yeah, she's all like, what do you want me to do? Call him down to the office and put him in timeout? First and foremost, if you spit in a teacher's face, even if you apologize, you're still getting at least a week suspension. I'd be surprised if you didn't just get straight up expelled for that shit. That's assault. That is physical assault in the eyes of the law to spit in someone's face. It is. He just assaulted a teacher. He's not coming back there for at least two weeks at best. Yeah, I uh, I think the teacher deserved it, so. Oh, I agree 100%. Like, don't... But that doesn't make... Like Andy's point, that doesn't make what Pacey did right, even if it wasn't wrong. I did not expect anyone who was not in that class to understand sure. why he did it. Anyone who's had Mr. Peterson as a teacher probably understands. Yeah, but I mean, that specific instance, when a student goes off crying, and someone gets up to go and, like, see if they're all right, you just let them go. Not, like, threaten them academically if they don't go sit down. And Pacey's just finally like, you know what? Fuck you, dude. Like, and not so much turn, but, like, yeah, oh, no. had this like realistically, he probably would have been much. like, "Fuck you." Yeah. So we jump back on track here for the first time in a while with uh, the best friends in Dawson's room. How did that make you feel? So I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I didn't expect it to necessarily happen, and you know what? I didn't. I don't see it as something that's going to happen every single episode because it just isn't necessarily plausible but we did have the great this uh three pack starts with the best friends in the bedroom and the three pack ends with the best friends in the bedroom because joey comes crawling through dawson's window at the end of episode 15 
after she's had a conversation with Jack where Jack comes out and he's all like, yeah, I'm I'm gay. Yeah, the tone of happiness in your voice that it ended with those two together kind of goes against the tone of that moment. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is not happy at all. This is more my happiness is for what could be eventually because <laughs> I know in my heart of hearts that my ultimate prediction <clears throat> is Dawson and Joey getting married to end the series. Of course. Uh, I know that kind of mirrors one of my other uh, favorite TV shows, so it's probably not going to happen. But that's I, I don't know where you're coming from on that because it's the obvious choice in what yeah I guess that's true most and that's why I wanted to, I don't know teen drama shit unless it comes to someone being like I don't want to be on the show anymore so write me off of it which we know doesn't really Joey's happen all like show. I don't want to be your lover pulling out some Spice Girls. <laughs> That's already at this point in the show coming out an old reference. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a very really? old reference. I think that song came out in like 1997. Really? Well, at two years. So maybe old, not old not reference. Old. It's not new. It's not current. No, that's like almost 25 years old at this point. Although I guess viewing how old something was was different back then because you didn't have the internet to make something a week old feel like it was three years old because so much shit happened in one week. Yeah, you remember when um, when movies would go from the theater to like release and how it would be forever? And now it's all like, oh, like you can even get it on demand at your house while it's in the theater. I'll say well, how it is right now. Specifically, everything new comes out online because that's the only way you can go see it. Well, theaters are no to theaters open are open up, now. Now there's oh, I'm not going to a motherfucking theater right now. Are you nuts? A bunch of other irresponsible motherfuckers not taking care of themselves or worrying about other people. I don't know. I might go on uh, like a Tuesday at like 1 p.m. You already spend way more time around people than I do. Yeah, so, that's like, true. You got a comfort. You got a comfort level with that that I don't have. And yeah, I. That's not a judgment against. I can't you work from home. So. None of this is important to Dawson's Creek. No, it's not. This is all cuttable. But you know what is important to Dawson's Creek is the fucking Corky St. Clair ass haircut on the art teacher that Joey's doing the fucking nude sketches in. And by the way, that's where our leading lady, Rachel Lee Cook, yeah, from, Devin. comes from, is the the nude model. So Dawson's seen her naked, and then was like, "Ah, oh, damn, you know, you'd be perfect to play Joey because you look just like her, except for you're a lot shorter, way shorter, way shorter, and way feistier too, which is less angry but more feisty." Yeah, from yeah, what we yeah, see. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but she mimics. She's, she's like. How I imagine Joey becoming. And if we're speaking in terms that you like to generally speak in, much more attractive than Joey from a personal standpoint. I think they're both very attractive in different ways. I'm not going to disagree with that, but in terms of personal preferences, one of those ways is above the other. I like the shortness. I'm not going to lie. But none of none of that is important either, ultimately. What is important is Pacey's snooping ass. And to your point about just... I disagree that he was snooping. He was snooping. He went to the bathroom and then he saw it in the garbage. Looked in the garbage and then pulled something out of the garbage. And like just, if you're not snooping, just let it go. 
Don't don't worry about it. Don't even look at what it is. It's none of your fucking business. He didn't need to read what was on that bottle, then pick that bottle up, and then make a big deal out of it. I don't think he made that big a big deal out of it because he didn't say anything there, right? Or no, he did say something there, and she was like, "No, oh, he didn't." Okay. There, he's no, he sat on it for a little. Okay, bit. yeah. Like, so he so he did wrestle something. with it, and he even said like, "He's like, hey man, like." I wrestle with whether or not to say anything about this, but, and, and this is where I think with the show actually kind of redeemed themselves a little bit because he didn't come at it at all from my perspective of no. a, like, what the fuck? He was just kind of like, Hey, if you need no. to talk to me, like, and if you need some help, like, that's awesome. Like I am happy you're getting help, but you also need to talk to me about it. So we're being honest and open with each other. No, because they even open up that she's in through this conversation that she's still not getting all the help that she needs because she's not in therapy. Yeah, well, because so she, she she's be trying to fight it, and hopefully they yeah, show us be on her later meds. that she does go to therapy, especially if it's something that her doctor's recommending she do. Well, they were recommending she take the meds, and she stopped doing that for a while too, from what we can tell. Yeah. So like, she doesn't want to be actually dealing with any of it. I'm not saying Pacey's intent was wrong. I'm just saying the looking in someone's garbage can and pulling their personal property out of it is a weird thing to do. I'm not saying anything after that is wrong. I, I just didn't look at it like that. I kind of looked at it as like he saw it was in there and he probably was like, oh, I remember she bought this before. Does that mean she's lying? Like, was like this is his girlfriend and I could see him like running through the instant scenarios of, oh shit, was she lying to me about that then? Well, like what else would she be lying to me about? And like, obviously they haven't played it off like she's a liar or someone untrustworthy, but it's an interesting scenario to be in. But Pacey breaks it down in the conversation with Dawson that he has, and essentially it boils down to, and this is selfishness on his part, but not necessarily in a bad way, and again, not in the judgment of Andy, where he's having a hard time with this because he knows it's not a problem he can fix. And he's got this like hero complex yeah. that Jack points out at one point where he's like, what does he fucking say? You always got to try to uh, jump like, in I didn't and save need, someone. He's like, I didn't need a hero. I recognize that's an addiction of yours. So they even call it right out. Like Pacey loves being there to help someone out, which is weird because he also needs someone to help him out, who obviously is Andy in this case. Yeah, but it's the only thing he seemingly can't control because like, he knows what it's like firsthand to have no one to help you and people need like like graham says once again you know people need love and um caring and judgment free from people it's what makes us a society so devin rolls by after dawson had given her the script because he's like i want you to read for this role that i'm still casting Yes, I know you're in college. Yes, I know I'm a 15-year-old kid directing his second movie that's funded by the Boston Film Festival. And that's when she's like, oh, wait, hold on, what? You got money yeah. and recognition already? Okay, I'll read this. So she comes by later, and she's got some criticisms of the script. And he is basically just fine. He turns into old Dawson, where he's like, fine, you don't like it? Then I'm going to pout about it. You know what? You're not right for this role anyway. Yeah, and then she's like... All right, fine. Like, peace. And then she's like, you know what? If uh, you can't take criticism, you're never going to make it. And he's like, you know what? You're right. I do need to. Uh... He's like, worst case scenario, I don't like how you act. But 
I did tell you I was going to let you read, so let's just let's read something. And she nails it. Oh, and he's yeah. like, okay, no, you got it. You got the role. That's it. I've got my part cast. So now he's ready to he's ready to go on this movie. He's somehow got like a full film set with all the lighting rigs that he needs. Like they gave him twenty five hundred dollars. I'm sorry, he must have spent all that already just to get all the shit that he had. Yeah, I don't. Maybe she knows. Okay, like obviously I'm not gonna get paid from this, but I'll get eyes on me. And that Oh no, she knows that. There's no way she's getting paid. I think everyone acting in that is it's just uh that it's an exposure thing. Yeah. Like like Chris had said in the last audition episode, like Hollywood people get their eyes on this and like she's been convinced by the film festival money. So I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah, it's not like he's like, Hey yeah, they gave me twenty five hundred but he's like, No, I got some money from from them. Let's do this. Well, Joey pretty much immediately dislikes her, which you knew was going to be the case. Yeah, because she hates everyone. She only likes men because her only friends are Dawson and Jack, who I assume Jack will continue to be one of her friends after this because, like you said earlier, she's been nothing but nice to Jack this entire time outside of the little bit where she's been like, well, you don't know how to mop a fucking floor? I'm not going to say she handled, and this uh, may, maybe she did, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. She handled Jack coming out to her very well because she was hurt by it, which I understand. And that's why I'm not saying it was bad, but it also didn't feel like she felt very good about it. Like she, she made it more about made it more about herself than about him, which again, I, I'm not faulting her for that. No, I mean, I can see where she would take that, um, especially being in a relationship with him and... I don't think they're going to be friends for a little while here. No, I don't think they're just going to bounce back and she'll just be like, hey, Jack, we still hanging out? But I do feel like it'll be like, I don't know, maybe after a three-pack, her and Jack will start to like... Because they still have to work together. Unless he quits. Maybe. I'll say maybe. Who knows? Who knows? But I would think think he would want to have some semblance of normal life to fall back onto. I think you're going to see, and they hint at this a little bit with the conversation that Jen and, and Grams and Ty have just by bringing that up as a thing. I think you might see a little more of that Jack and Jen alliance come into the mix. That's who Jack will spend some of his time with. Yeah, I could see that too. Because what's Jen going to do? Obviously, well, by the end of this, she still fucking agrees to basically go back out with Ty again. Like, she's just bad at this. Well, she, well she kind of feels like... Uh, Ty did put it out there. He's like, hey, I mean, I'm at the very least open to debate uh, opinions on things. He's like, I I can learn. But doesn't he feel so disingenuous to you? Like, it doesn't feel like he wants to learn because he wants to learn. He wants to learn because it's what Jen wants him to do. Yeah, I can agree with that. But at least he looks to be like he is trying. It's better than not trying. Especially if he actual has in like like feelings for her. if he's just like trying to be like another Chris, except for he's coming at it from a different angle, then that's just how it that's how it all feels to me. And I'll be real with you when when Graham's walked in the door with Ty, I had completely forgotten that that character existed. So I'm it's not that I'm seeing from the first time. I told you there's a lot of this season of Jen. Like I took season two of Jen and like blanked her out of my brain. I went straight to season three Jen in my brain. So there's a lot of what she's doing here that I'm like, fuck, I forgot that that happened. But Ty is definitely one of those things that I completely forgot. So when they're going to the club 
the jazz club as high schoolers, where because he plays piano, he gets to bring himself in and drink underage. He gets to bring in apparently as many underage friends as he wants, and they can all drink there too. Like Dawson was sketched out by how seedy it was, which I thought was weird because they've been to he's been to seedier bars that we've seen already. Yeah, I felt like that was actually pretty high class for what it was. But but. It looked high class, but again, they're just serving an unlimited amount of teenage children in their in their bar, which is the seediest thing we've seen. Well, no, because there's a whole bunch of underage kids drinking in Rhode Island, too. Yep. Everyone's just drinking underage in bars, it's no big deal. I don't know about you, I wasn't casually drinking in bars at 15. I was uh, maybe drinking for the first time ever at 15, and then being like, oh, I don't like this. Oh, no. No, because like, no, I mean... not like, at all. I literally barely drink now. One of my favorite parts, and it's why I love the Devin character so much, because she's no... You want to talk about Joey's no bullshit. Devin's no bullshit either. Well, she's older. Well, when she's trying... Well, she does. She says that, like, two or three years of difference between them is a vast difference. And that's true. It is. Not in all cases. But but with them, it's absolutely true. So when she's trying to figure out... Because she's been studying Joey the whole episode at the ice house at dawson's house when she shows up later and that's when joey gets real icy with her and she's like oh you wearing the clothes threw me at first like she starts throwing those like oh you're just a naked bitch all right joey come on don't start being judgmental because she's out there joey's so bitchy when it fits her narrative she'll turn on you in a heartbeat yeah because up until then she didn't care she probably would have slang it like sold it as the empowered woman going out there and posing nude but now that it's her potential rival which isn't even true because it's not like she's trying to sleep with dawson it's just someone portraying her well Devin does come up because she's like i had to get this anger i gotta figure it out i don't know where it's coming from and dawson had kind of explained to her and chris and talking about chris here brought him up earlier he almost seems like likable in these episodes when abby's not around he becomes an almost likable person chris well, yeah. yeah, he's like a shape-shifting perfect. That's why I was saying last time he's like one of the best characters like as a background because you can slide him. You can believably slide Chris into almost any scenario and he's going to be comfortable and confident. Like he even even when his character says, I can't relate to this. And then Dawson finds a way to relate it to him. And he's like, oh, I get it. And then he basically is able to do it. And that's what makes Chris different. And it's that exact moment than almost any other time we've seen him before this. Because it shows that he's not... We knew he wasn't an idiot, but we never really knew if he was a a good guy ever. Or if it was always just what's best for me. But it seems in that moment, when Dawson bears his soul to those two actors, and just describes how he felt when Joey dumped him, in very raw terms yeah. like that was a good moment from james good acting from james vanderbeek way better than varsity blues acting in my opinion yeah that movie was kind of just a throwaway movie but it was i fun. liked it it was a perfect encapsulation of 1999 or whatever it was yeah. which is why i like it so much but so after he does that bearing the soul to those two and chris is like oh i get that now and then Devin's like, I gotta figure out that anger. She goes up to Joey and ca- straight up calls her Sammy. She's like, oh, hey, Sammy. And Joey's like, uh, it's Joey. <laughs> and then she's all like, hey, how are you so mean all the time? 
Like, where does all that anger come from? Because I'm trying to figure it out, and I can't quite figure it out. So I just need to figure it out so I can act better. You know, so I'm trying to do this whole method thing. But then Joey just straight up lies and goes, well, it's hard for me to say because I'm not an angry person. And I just, I threw my hands up in the air for real when I was watching that. Like, come on! She's all like, she's like, yeah, that's the fictional part of this show or this movie. And then, like, she's like, really? really i don't buy it like basically and then she just keeps priding her and then her, and then jack comes in and she's like hey so how does it feel uh knowing that your girlfriend here loves someone else more and joey's like oh, you know fuck you bitch like joey. like you want to come at me <laughs> fuck you bitch and, and yeah, then she's all like joey over she's the like edge. oh thanks sim and then she walks out <laughs> and that's why i'm like devin just playing joey like a fiddle i literally wrote what- down Devin played Joey like a fiddle, comma, love it. So it's at this point where we get to the the real crack that's starting to show up between Andy and Pacey in terms of her being able to handle what's going on in her life. Because she, she straight up says, you are the problem in my life. Everything else is a problem too. My dad, my mom, my brother, my brothers, all this shit. And there's one thing that's expendable, and it's you. So we got to break up. Yeah, she's basically, like, I wrote down, I was like, she snapped on Pacey and basically said that everything that bad has it's happened to her recently is because of him. And if she just gets rid of him, she can eliminate everything bad in her life in one foul swoop, which is totally yeah. not right. She is having a breakdown and she doesn't know how to deal with it for sure it, well and, and by the end pacey ends up climbing up the trellis outside her window with a rose and like being like i'm not i'm not giving up on you you haven't given up on me you've made me a better person let me help you address your problems and so by the end of the episode you're like okay they're back on track and he here. he never said it but i was kind of like even if there's nothing he can actually do just being there for her is a big thing. For sure. So, like you brought up earlier, Jen ends up being brought to a Bible study with Ty. Grams, even when... Because she said... Apparently she was on set all day long. Grams was. Which is a goddamn shame because we didn't see her on set all day long. And that would have been great to get more Grams than what we got. But She's like, oh, woman movie producer. My granddaughter. What a wonderful time to be a woman. What times we live in. And she says you can be anything you want without a man by your side. Right as Ty rolls up. And Graham's like, that, just go out. Just be back. You can, they're showing here right now that Graham's and Jen are like, they're, they're, they're on the same page. Jen is trying to be respectful of Graham's and herself. Graham's has given her a little bit of like rope to prove that she trusts her. Because she's like, be back on time. And Jen just kind of smiles. And she's like, yeah, I know. I won't stay out too late. So it's nice to see those two really getting along. I wrote down here. I was like, oh, man, Grams is fucking back. Uh, So nice of you to join us. And then in parentheses, I also wrote, now you care how fucking late she stays out, Grams? Now? In reference to where the fuck have you been? Maybe she cared every other time, too. Maybe Jen was sneaking out so she didn't know she was out. Like, Grams can't keep 24-hour surveillance on the child. And she's a a smart and devious child. She she can check in more than she has been. 
doesn't matter. Things are good. Jen's kind of finally put the, the train back on the tracks at the moment. So whatever's been going on... Well, I mean, she's still going out and drinking. She doesn't seem to be getting shit face wasted, though. She's drinking like a responsible adult. She's graduated from sloppy teenage-slash-college drunk into sophisticated mid-twenties jazz connoisseur. She's just done this all by 15, 16. Well, I guess that's what happens when you start out early. So she's nailing it right now. Joey and Dawson have this big blowout after Joey's like, how are you so good with this shit? Like, just filming our lives and dissecting it and all that. And like, you may be cool with it, but I'm not. And he's like... I'm not fucking cool with it either. This is the only thing I have to keep me going right now. And if I didn't have this, I don't know what the fuck would happen. So no, I am obviously still in love with you. And I'm having a hard time dealing with that. Gotta go. Yeah, I thought all that made sense. Uh, I thought uh, Dawson reacted normally. And to where I think Joey just doesn't quite understand it. Because like, she wants her cake and she wants to eat it too. Agreed because she you know she's super mad that dawson can't get over it yet it's not like dawson broke up with her and he brings that up and he's done everything you know to otherwise like move forward and she's mad at him while having a boyfriend and it just it doesn't seem like right to me but the only other two things in this episode that i wanted to say was why do they have to move on from each other with Dawson and Joey in particular? They both know that they love each other. and Because Joey wants it. This is what Joey wants. Doesn't It doesn't make sense. Make sense to me. Also, You're right. It doesn't. Uh, best thing about this show right now and what I've come to realize throughout this season is that the, the Pacey story arc is phenomenal. Because oh, like, yeah. this kid is really good. Like, he's probably the best person on this show because he's, like, the most, like, I don't know, there's just something about it. He's, like, the nicest person on the show. Oh, oh, absolutely. I think I've said it before. He is one of the only genuinely good people on this show along with Grams. Maybe. That's it. I feel like Dawson, they've made Dawson more like that this season in particular. He's become a way better person. You're right. But let's give him a whole season before we give him full credit. I'd agree with that. Uh, so in the next episode, fucking, this is uh, gives us a little bit more include like uh, inside of what Jack does in his uh, free time. He makes models of uh, the town specifically for this movie, apparently. And then, when the fuck did he do that? When the fuck did he have the time to do that between school and work and whatever else he's doing to make a really awesome model? That thing was no, really it was well phenomenal done. and. Uh, so like he brings it over to Dawson's and they're using it to like film shots for the movie. He's like, like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, that's how I do it. You know, when you, you gotta get these certain shots, he's like with perfect lighting and stuff early, like with the right lighting and everything, you can make it look really good and believable. That's real. And like, this is where we get into the whole, uh, Jack two pack in the, the three pack. The back-to-back Jack Attack? Yeah, there we go. Back-to-back Jack Attack. I like that a lot. Um, I even wrote down, though, when I was watching it, like, uh, like when I wrote down, I was just like, so this is going to be a two-parter on whether or not Jack is gay. Like, 
I was like, this is a hard pass for me on as a storyline. I was like, I don't care whether or not Jack is gay. Like, I understand the coming out and like he's a teenager and stuff like that. It's a big deal for him and his character. So I do understand that it's something that makes sense to include in the show. But I just think, and like, I also understand that it makes sense that they would go at it in the way of this is how some teenage kids are going to react and whatnot. But I also just kind of like, I don't know, maybe I'm just reading more and more into it as like uh, a man in my mid thirties watching a teenage drama that's 20 years old. That's the important part here is the 20, 20 something years old thing is that in 1998, 99, when this shit came out, this was not a common topic that was necessarily, you couldn't guarantee that a lot of your audience was going to be like, yes, that's the right thing. That's a good thing, whatever. But that's the message they were trying to push. So I think the way they're doing it here is absolutely essential. I mean, like, someone spray paints a hard F on Jack's locker. But, like, we were talking about earlier, A, that's absolutely accurate for the time that that would happen, but also still accurate to what happens today. So that's not... I even kind of wrote down, like, how the fuck do you pull that off? Like, you gotta have some balls to be like, I'm gonna spray paint some kid's fucking locker during school. You see the teacher and the principal throughout these episodes. They just don't give a fuck. You say, you think if Mr. Peterson walked outside his classroom door, saw someone spray painting a hard F on a locker, that he would do a goddamn thing about it? Not a chance. Not a chance. He'd chuckle about it and then go sit back down in his room again. I don't know. Like, they kind of made the situation. They they kind of made it look like, um, like when him and Pacey have an interaction there in episode 15 when. Basically, this teacher is forced to retire six months early because of the whole uh, situation that happens with Pacey in episode Poor 15. fucking baby. Poor fucking baby has to retire six months early and probably still gets his full goddamn pension. So and well, that's the him. thing. Like, I agree with you there. Like, I, I, I've had more uh, hatred toward this character than any character probably in this entire series so far. But... That makes sense. He kind of flips it and makes it seem like... I was so hard on people like you because I know there's potential and I have to figure out a way to pull it out. Like, Bullshit. is that what it's I've been doing for like 30 says. years? But at the same time, it's Bullshit. like, it's like, dude, is everybody in this town just like the only way I can make kids better that are slightly like, like people who just want to be told like good job. And like, I'm glad that you're like, like my son, <laughs> like, 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 we just need to shit on all these kids, and maybe that'll make them good, healthy adults. It's just another abuser's excuse, like, to j- rationalize treating someone like shit is because they need to see how hard the world is. Well, maybe the world wouldn't be so hard if it wasn't full of motherfuckers who treated people like shit exactly. because the world was so hard. Like, that's an Ouroboros, a snake eating its own fucking tail forever and ever. Like, no. Yeah, that's the pot cutting, calling the kettle black. Fuck Peterson. Well, that's the so he's got to. They've got to read their poems out loud, and apparently, like presentation and how you write it down is fifty percent of your grade. Oh yeah, it was all bullshit. He's just flying by the seat of his pants because he's all like, he's like, oh, whatever I can do to fucking press this kid's buttons, and the dude, like, you can tell in this like three pack, 
or especially in this two this like the second and third episode of the three pack the jack the back-to-back jack attack episodes um that other kids in the classroom are like shaking their heads they're like this is fucked up and they're like not saying anything like at least that, that's what i was catching i was like like one of the jocks saying like in the fifth in episode 15 when like the teacher's fucking talking some shit like i see like the kid even just being like what like just kind of shaking his head like he's looking like what the fuck because he knows he's gonna have to potentially stand up and read his embarrassing ass poem out loud too so he's not happy about well it's like dude it's like i was kind of expecting like uh, a varsity blues moment where like everybody in this class is all like I don't want no. your life. Fuck you, no. teacher. We're gonna all fucking see, gang up and it's like the the twenty of us can fucking take you down. No, because you see what happens once the fucking the dirty mob gets its hand on the juicy piece of gossip that Jack is gay, and it's not about Mr. Peterson anymore. And that's what Mr. Peterson knows. You push the right buttons, you push the right people, you make a story about something bigger than yourself, and then you don't matter anymore. So once Jack becomes the story, and let, without Pacey pushing back because Pacey's like, fuck you, dude, no one cares about Mr. Peterson's role in this whole thing anymore. Yeah, that's true. He's been doing this for 30 years. He knows how to work high school kids. It's not difficult to play them psychologically like he is right here he just didn't anticipate pacey a spitting in his face literally and then figuratively as well yeah which was awesome no that was really good and well so we'll just we pretty much wrap that whole story on there's a couple things i want to touch on on that before we move on from it really well that dawson's a super good friend of pacey throughout this and it shows how he really is because like in the next episode when uh he gets suspended for a week he's all like basically like yeah he's like it'll be nice to have my room back but he's like you know you're welcome here like to, to obviously crash here for an entire fucking week while you're he's suspended been staying there yeah the whole week yeah we open up with pacey chilling in dawson's room by himself and then dawson coming in so a real flip of the dawson's room game that way but so it does show that absolutely but it also shows how good of a person pacey is because i think he knows from step one that it's not a rumor that Jack is gay. He heard that poem get read out loud. He watched it happen. He knows. Without Jack even saying, he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where this is headed. In, in his conversation with Andy, he's appalled when she's like, I think that would be a bad thing. Jack, he's like, I didn't yeah, see Pacey's that Yeah, Pacey's kind of like, he's like, why? Well, we need to be there for him, especially considering uh, where we live and the time. And part of it, too, in that is, A, I think Pacey's just a good person who wouldn't give a fuck if he was gay, but also Pacey, as he says later, feels responsible for it because he'd been pushing Peterson. Peterson saw he wasn't going to get the reaction he wanted, so he went after Jack because he knew Jack would give him the reaction. Because he knew Jack's weaker than Pacey. And I don't. I understand why Pacey feels that guilt. Not necessary, but I get it. Someone who maybe should be, but they don't need to be because it's not their fault either, is Dawson, who at the beginning of episode 14 is the one who tells Jack when he's writing a poem to just listen to yourself and give a world a peek at your private self. You'll never know what you hear when you listen in on that. So that's... Dawson giving him that advice is what gets Jack to go home and write this deeply revealing poem. So Dawson was kind of a catalyst for him accepting that truth about himself. Yeah, but it's better to uh, come to come to terms with who you are as a person rather than try to hide it your entire life. No, 
no, no, no, I agree. I'm not saying, that's what I'm saying, Dawson shouldn't feel guilt, but if Pacey's going to put guilt on himself, then Dawson should a little bit too. But in the end, you're right, it's not about guilt, because Jack should do what he does here. Although, again, you see through his dad, who comes in in this episode, his dad gets called in by Mr. Mila, or someone, because of the whole, the gay rumor going on around the school... And all the other shit with Andy that's been going on at the the assembly when a- Abby was a total dickhead and called her out. Like, he called his, they called, Mr. McPhee gave him all this news and he's like, shit, I gotta come out and, and figure out what the fuck is going on here. Because it's getting out of my hands. Well, I mean, it's not like he gives a shit. So, realistically, I don't even understand. He gives a shit about the family image. Yeah, I don't the even, I don't image. understand why he gives a fuck, dude. He doesn't. He doesn't really communicate with these people. All he does is pay bills. No, why he gives a fuck is what I just said, and it's what he said to Jack when they were at that dinner, too, why he needs to deny that he's gay. It's all about the family name. There's already enough shit on this family name. We don't need to add more. Don't make it worse. It's not about the people in the family. It's about public perception of the name McPhee. I guess my thing is, why does he give a fuck what the public perception is in this small fucking town that he's not even fucking at? Because it's bigger than that town, and it gets outside of that town and reflects on him and his business outside of it. I'm not trying to say he's right, but it's... That's his rationale behind it. I I mean, like, is it a big story that his son's straight like w- would it be a big story if tim was still alive and there and, and tim's like hey hey dad i just want to let you know i'm straight like is that a big story but no it's a it's a big story, why would that when, be a big story? when the guy comes exactly why would that be a big story why, do you why have is such it a, a super hard time big story i don't know just, i just it's I, I one don't of those understand things why you have a hard time under- you don't understand the reality of people coming out in situations where it's not welcome for them to come out. Why are you just glossing over that experience? That's what I'm trying not to do. That's exactly what you're doing. I understand, and that's why when I wrote down in here specifically, I like after it comes out that Jack character is gay, I was like, it's hard for me to comment on, on any of this because I cannot relate to it, and I don't want to gloss over things that I don't know the experience of and it well that's it what probably just comes off as you. ignorance that where it's just like i just don't think it should be to begin with a big deal and you're right you're right and it's good that that is your pro- your perception of that situation but the reality is there are many people who don't feel that way who are more like the dad in this situation, who are like, no, you can't be and you won't be, and if you are, you're not part of this family. That's real for people. That's what I need to wrap my head around, is that there's probably more people like that than there are the way I feel about it. I want to hopefully disagree with you in the world we currently live in. In 1998, I'd say you may be right, but now I'd hope that you're wrong about that, I've got no I hope I'm wrong, but I don't know if I am. It's hard for me to say because the people I associate with are all accepting of that. So I've got a limited perception of the amount of people outside of my little bubble that are dead set against that. Because fuck those people, I don't need them around anyway. And that's what we come to throughout this episode, is these two episodes, is people, our main characters, the people we're meant to care about being like, no, that's fine. That's good. Let's just move forward from here and see how that plays out. Yeah. Dawson is going to 
potentially gain a benefit from that, as we show by the end of the three-pack, where her and, or him and Joey are together again. So through Joey's personal tragedy, Dawson may gain, because he makes clear in this three-pack, I'm still in love with Joey, and that's what I want again, basically. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like he's kind of made that clear throughout this season, ever since he pretty much lost her. No, because there was that time with Jen when he rewrote the script, and it was a question about maybe they had slept together. Like, he truly was thinking, maybe I could move on. Jen's kind of a different person now, we'll see. I think it was specifically in this three-pack, where it was like, no, he knows for real. That was just a distraction from who he's really in love with. That's Joey. That's what I want now. It was changing the script to doing the different thing that, once again, took him a little bit of time to realize what he really wanted he was also trying hard to do what joey wanted which was to move on to someone else but he figured out he was lying to himself yeah and uh, that's what it seems like a lot of this uh three pack at least the conclusion of this three pack is the main thing that i got out of it was at least all the characters now seem to be trying to be as honest as they possibly can with each other and as honest as they possibly can with themselves to where Andy has become, you know, like honest about her mental health with her, with Pacey. Jack's becoming honest with himself about his sexuality. Dawson is just kind of being honest about everything with everybody. And, uh. Pacey's being honest. He even basically, like, breaks up with Andy for a week, standing up for his principles and being honest with himself about them. Yeah. Which is what she taught him to do. Like, they literally don't talk for a week. He leaves her alone on the docks late at night and is like, no, you didn't stand up for me, so I'm just going to disappear for a week while I'm suspended. Because she's not on board with what he did to the teacher. She's like, even if what you stood for was right, you don't spit in a teacher's face. That's wrong. Yeah. That's the wrong thing to do. You need to apologize. And he's like, hell no. I'm not going to do that, and I need you to back me up on this. And she's not doing it. Which I don't blame her for that. Again, she's right. What you stood up for is correct. How you handled it was not correct. You should have skipped the spitting in the face thing and gone straight to the looking at the books for the state guidelines for teachers. Just go straight there. You don't need to spit in someone's face. Yeah, it was a spur of the moment thing. I can say that from personal experience. It's not a necessary thing to do. and You should apologize for it. Well, I mean, that's pretty much all I have written down for these episodes. It's kind of like... Uh, well, I mean, outside of the whole Jen and Ty situation where Ty basically, basically uses like a duck quacking as the analogy for whether or not if someone is gay. Dude, he relies on it. He goes on with the duck and the quacking thing for way too long in the one scene. And then it comes back up again in another scene. The duck chooses to quack. It can choose not to quack. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't have to be gay. It doesn't have to be a gay duck. And I'm like, are you fucking serious right now? You think it's a choice? Like, If any of you aren't familiar, that is Ty's accent on the show. Yeah, he's 100%. straight New York. He's like, hey, yep, he's hey, Billy. hey, Billy, too. Christian Billy. Jen has a thing for just guys with thick accents. Hey, you know she's, that. No. What she's Except got for a Dawson. thing for is guys. She's got a thing for guys who wear shirts with 
collars and lapels that are way too wide that come out over and flop over the lapels of the jacket they're wearing, but is also buttoned down enough that you can see part of their chest. Because that's how Billy and, and Ty both dressed. And it was pair weird. Pants. Super baggy pants. Everyone wears bet. It's ninety eight, ninety nine. Everyone's wearing baggy pants. That was the look. Jenko jeans, baby. Just think about those. The baggiest pants of it's all like time. Everything now is skinny existed. jeans. Everything comes in fucking different kind of cycles. You gotta, you get a, a an action. You I don't get know, equal, I like the skinny an opposite jeans. Reaction. Jeans got really, really big. So then jeans have to get really, really small. And sometime we're gonna settle back on this middle ground carpenter jeans like Dawson wears. We're all gonna be back on that. Well, what I like about them is just more a personal thing because like I lost the weight, and so now I'm all like, hey, I don't want to be wearing things that are three sizes too big. Like as always, to. this is not about you, narcissist Chucky B. This is not about you. So I've just got a couple of, because we've kind of covered everything that matters, but there's a couple of things I wanted to point out. Uh, one being that after, at the end of uh, the first two-pack episode, Jack straight up tells Joey, like, I'm not gay. And as he's doing that, there's a wind sock between their faces that is a rainbow. And I was like, I wonder if that was intentional. That they just happened to put this rainbow windsock right between them as he's happening to deny that he's gay. And then hugs her very awkwardly and puts a look on his face that's basically like, oh no, I just lied to her because I am gay. And this rainbow windsock is here to remind everyone in the audience that, yeah, I probably am gay. Well, they kept on bringing it up. Like, even Joey's like, yeah, I might be dating it. My boyfriend might be gay. Uh, so they're walking to class and she says to him, get to class, straight boy. That's a weird thing to say to someone, to call someone straight boy. It's very weird. His response is almost equally baffling to me. He goes, that's Bubba to you. Yeah. Uh, is Bubba like a super straight name? I, I, I don't no think idea. I've ever met a Bubba. I don't think I've ever met a Bubba in my life. If I had, I don't, I don't know, man. That was a weird moment. That was a very weird interaction. But her reaction to that is basically like, I'm going to have a sexy dinner with Jack. And her quote here, and where it leads to from there, only the fates can say. Oh, yeah. She's she basically like, basically we're going to have like, a We're going to have sex later. Yeah, we're going to have sex later for sure. Her reaction to Jack maybe being gay is to go, all right, time to fuck. Let's do it. Be like, well, if he wants to fuck, he's not gay. Well, in in a previous episode, like, what, who was making out in the hallway? Was it Ty? No, it was Andy and Pacey. And Joey's like, oh, God, no, I'm not going to have a massive suck face embrace in the middle of the hallway. And then she does that right after that hard F is written on his locker. So she's thinking that she can make this gay thing go away by just being sexual with jack and even brings up if she is sexual with dawson later because she's uh, and dawson's all like all i right. will fuck you right now if you are down <laughs> <laughs> dawson's like he had dawson's she's like she's like dude do you think i'm sexual and he's like i would literally hard i will fuck she you got, right now and she's she all like oh, dawson. saying the word sex no, yeah, she got done saying the word sex and sexual, and he was like, uh, all right, I'm already ready to go. He's like, Where, I yes, came absolutely. in my pants. We do see our our three-headed triumvirate of uncomfortableness hanging out at the, the jazz club, which now to me is Jen, Dawson, and Joey. The three-headed tri- triumvirate. Oh, yeah, because Dawson's even like, 
he's like oh i'm in between my my two ex-girlfriends who are both in like some semi-relationships one with a guy who thinks uh being gay is a choice and the other one with someone who is uh turns out to be gay jen they're talking about someone having issues i think it's ty having issues and joey goes oh he's perfect for you then like you know that kind of like sniping humor that usually from her would be mean but they both like smile and laugh about it and i'm like oh so there it is i've been waiting forever for that friend moment to exist between them and that was it right there in a bar with joey sniping at jen and Jen and Joey just laughing about it. I was like, all right, that's the first sign we've seen they've moved somewhere. Like, the Dawson thing is no longer an issue. They can just be buddies now. They can, well, Joey can make fun of Jen. Let's see if Jen can make fun of Joey or Joey will snap on that. So, yeah, so this is the one I wanted to talk about earlier with Grams in the kitchen and Ty. So, after they get done drinking at the bar, they go back to Graham's and Jen's house, and he has a glass of milk and a sandwich. So, he's been drinking martinis all night, and now he wants a glass of milk? That seems weird to me. That seems like a really terrible combination of things to mix up. And he starts going on about quackers again. And he's like, Graham's back me up. He's trying to bring in, like, religious background, like, what's the Bible verse? And she's like, I think it's Leviticus. And Jen jumps in before anything else. Graham, stay the fuck out of this. Like, I can't argue with you about this tonight. Please, please just spare me that. This is between me and Ty. And so Ty keeps going on and on about, like you were saying, it's a choice, blah, blah, blah. Then Graham's comes in. Jen tries to stop her again. And Graham's like, hell no, child. Here's what's going on. And like you brought up earlier, hey, the love is what we need. Show this kid some tolerance and this and that. The, historically speaking, there are a lot of moments in the show that have brought me to tears. The first time I watched this through, I probably already had multiple times. But this is the first time on this watch through it got me. So it's like Grams is fully showing. She's one of my favorite characters on the show too. Right up there with Pacey and Jen. There's my perfect triumvirate of power. Those three characters. And Grams and Jen are showing their alliance right here. For the most, I think the most powerful that we've seen so far up to this point. And I think that's it. Crying is not allowed according to Mr. McPhee, though. No, it's not. Don't cry. Oh, oh, the other thing was... Andy, don't talk. There is an emotional moment between Pacey and... Andy, where they both apologize, and uh, I really liked that. All I wrote down, Pacey and Andy meet up to both apologize, and it's beautiful. So yeah, that basically sums that up. Well, that's it. That's all I gotta say. There was a lot that happened in these episodes. So what's our next uh, three-pack looking like? That'll be coming up next Monday. So coming off the heels of That Is The Question, we have episode 16... Be careful what you wish for. All right. So obviously people got to be careful when they're rubbing the genie lamp. You know, we got to be careful what you wish for because, you know, genie will give you that wish. But there's also a little twist in there, a little twang that you didn't predict. And maybe they're going to be also bringing this like a Satan side sort of thing because Grams is all fucking, you know, Catholic out and shit. She's fucking she loves God. So maybe 
They, it's like be I careful. I don't think she's be careful what you wish for, like, children, or Satan might bring you down to hell. But wow, no, realistically, what I think is gonna happen here is all right. Hold on. So let me. I'm gonna just give you some guidance at some points on these to get you in the right direction. When when is the time you would not uh, your genie thing good with the wish? But when's the time you wouldn't be making a wish? Birthday. Oh, so it's someone's birthday, right? And whose birthday is it gonna be? Wait, be careful what you wish for, Dawson. It's gonna be Dawson's birthday, right? And Dawson's turning sixteen, and he's gotta be careful what he wishes for. Because he might just get it. And <laughs> what's he what's he wishing for? What do you think he's wishing for? He's gonna be wishing for a twofold thing. One, he wants his parents to get back together. Dawson, that ain't happening. Two, he wants to get back we together get, with Joey. There was no Mitch and Gale in these episodes. No, but you know there. what? Mitch and Gale is more for That's me fine. they're more forgettable than Graham's. And I, I don't know why. But Grams has become a stalwart, and I need me some Grams. And uh, she's become a what? She's become a what now? I said it once. I'm not saying it again because I probably said it wrong. No, I didn't. I didn't hear you. Oh, stalwart. I still can't tell how you're saying it. I'll find out later. <laughs> yeah, you'll it's, find it's out. It's perfect. It's perfect, no matter what. No, and I, and that's the thing. I didn't even really think about the fact that Mitch and Gail weren't on the episode until just now. Right now. All right. Episode 17, Psychic Friends. So they're going to go see a uh, psychic, or they're going to call a psychic. Maybe they go see uh, Mama Juju from The Office. Voodoo Mama Juju? Voodoo Mama Juju. (laughs) And it's... (laughs) They're going to go see... What am I going to do, dude? They're going to go see... Voodoo Mama Juju in uh, Scranton. And they're going to be like... That makes perfect sense. And they're going to be like, hey, what do we do with this situation that we got ourselves into? And I wonder how long it takes to get from Cape Side to Scranton. Uh, four hours. Oh, episode 18. A perfect wedding. Perfect wedding? Who the fuck is getting a, married? A perfect wedding. I don't know who, but it's going to be perfect. I'm going to tell you one thing. It's not going to be perfect. But maybe this is where we get the return of Bodie. And maybe Bessie and Bodie are going to have the perfect wedding. But it's not well, going to be so perfect the... because uh, Bodie's not going to show up. We saw the, the random return of Bessie in one episode and then the complete random disappearance of her again afterwards. So yeah, it would make perfect sense to bring her in for a marriage episode with another missing character, Bodie. I mean, like, the only other thing that makes sense is if uh, Gail and Mitch are getting remarried. Or maybe, maybe this is a dream episode where Dawson in the first episode of the three-pack... He w- he's like, be careful what you wish for. And then everything else from then on until the end of this episode is like an alternate reality. In which case, like, Gail and Mitch are getting remarried and like shit's going down all differently and whatnot. And he's got Jen and he- or not Jen, he's got Joey. And then he goes back to reality and Joey's just sitting there crying in his arms. 
So like so no time tell- has gone past since so she's come over from the night of Hold on. Hold on. What you're saying to me is that unlike most shows, which will have one episode that's a dream or alternate reality sequence that ultimately is a shitty episode, and you were gonna tell me that Dawson's Creek is gonna commit to a three episode arc of this alternate reality? Yeah, why not? Fuck it. That might be the worst prediction you've ever made. Well, I mean, it's not really, like... It's, I, it's one of those add-on at I the end of my isn't. prediction predictions. I know that it isn't, and it isn't. Uh, I can confirm that for you right now. Uh, so, that's about all we're going to talk about right now. If you want to hear us talk about more stupid stuff, you can go to 50randyquades.com. You can go to iTunes. You can go to Podcast One Republic. Uh, yeah, the, to, the 50 Randy Quades podcast, pretty much it's... The idea is it'll come out on the 1st and the 15th of every month. Whether or not that actually happens, it'll be mostly scheduled around those dates. Unlike Creek Chat, which comes out every Monday for you wonderful, wonderful listeners, new and seasoned. We welcome you all. all, Have we told all of you lately that we love you? We love you. Mostly? Love you. Mostly? Some some of you? No, I love all of you. Some of you are not not lovable. Well, even the ones that aren't lovable, you know what? I, I love you. I tolerate Mostly you. because thank I you, probably haven't met you. You what you, what you do? Huh? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, that's all I got to say. Until next time. We, we be creaking. creaking.